Welcome to the Zadzooks Happy Hour. My name is Todd Stoll, and I am joined by a 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski. Take two. <laughs> no, you don't want to ruin the magic, behind-the-scenes magic. I'm just going to say this right now, because Joe might come across being very frustrated I'm, I accidentally had his mic on mute the entire time. So we are literally re-recording this set again. I'm calling my agent. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, welcome. We're here today to talk 4K for the second time. Oh. We're here to talk 4K Ultra HD Star Trek Beyond and Blu-ray. Um, let's get into the movie a little bit, and then let's get into the special features. The movie was great. I loved it. I had a good time with it. I think it was one of the better ones. I Yeah, I absolutely agree. I know you do. I heard you the last time. You heard me the last time agree. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, the effects were brilliant in it. Um, the story was tight. It, in general, just really focused a lot on the characters, and it focused on the Enterprise as a character in and of itself. Which, yes. I think, which I think people forget. There, you that, didn't say that last time. Which, that's that's good. Which I think um, people don't realize, but they, that's, there's an expectation there. Please, tell us the story without giving too much away. <sighs> the story is they are in the third of their fifth five-year mission. That's correct. And Spock and Kirk are both tired and bored. Kind of like me. Yeah, after, after this, yes. Um... And they're looking for something new. Kirk is looking to promote and not be a captain anymore. Spock is looking to leave Starfleet. Um, have Spock babies. And have Spock babies. And there is a lot of tension amongst Spock and Ohura. And there is a lot of um, sort of unspoken uh, dialogue between the, the, the fact that Kirk and Spock aren't even on the same page and don't even know that that they're dissatisfied. So they end up uh, going to a resupply in a space station that looks like a planet called the Yorktown. And while there, there is a distressed call and a ship arrives and is asking for help and that their crew was captured and they need help. It's a new species. What's very cool is they show scanning the dialogue or the dialect of the species and how they're able to convert it to English so they can understand, which has never That's been shown cool. in a Star Trek movie ever, huh. which was awesome. I didn't know that. Um, and the Enterprise is called up to help. Very um, routine. Very routine. It is the most advanced ship at the time um, that is able to go into a nebula that no one has ever gone into before. And even entering the nebula is very cool. It's yes. very reminiscent of Star Trek One in some ways, where they enter that yes. nebula and they lose all communication, and they come upon an Earth-like planet. What happens on that planet ends up destroying the USS Enterprise and separating its crew into smaller teams. You find that Kirk is teamed up with Chekhov. And Spock is teamed up with Bones, and you find that um, Uhura. Uhura is with uh, Mr. Um, Sulu, and there's and Scotty's a, on and his Scotty's own. on his own, and he comes across a new character called Jayla, whom 
was written initially for Jennifer Lawrence, and she really? was unable to do it. And so, she, as could an, she be in more stuff? As an homage to her, Jayla is Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I didn't together. know that either. This is much better. So, she's introduced. Um, the Enterprise is destroyed, and that's in the first probably third of the movie right and you are left with a cast who now has to struggle not only for survival against an evil but also with the death of a family member in the enterprise right and there is a scene where they've all jettisoned in their escape pods and you can see kirk jettisons he's the last one off the ship and they have his reflection yeah, I see. Yeah. And he is I'm looking bad. at the saucer section crashing into the planet yep. below him. Very cool. And he has this very emotional look on his face that, you know, this this is this was my ship and it's gone. Um and then it's a struggle for survival and and, and the 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 villain in this film has I guess they don't really call it that, but it's a it's a swarm of spacecraft that I think was used for mining. Um, it's spectacular which again. Just shreds the Enterprise apart. I mean, just destroys it. And inevitably, they have a weapon. They're going to use it on the Yorktown. Yeah, you're giving too much weight. And it's up to Kirk to try to figure out how to stop it. Too late. <laughs> There's no longer any need to watch or rent the movie. No. He's just giving you. Come on. Come on. It's up to Kirk to stop it. There's another big gimme at the end. There is. There is. Big, whatever it's called. A reveal. Easter egg, reveal, MacGuffin, whatever it is. Um, and without really giving anything away, because you could definitely tell the Enterprise is destroyed in the trailers, they um, they introduce much earlier in the series the Enterprise A, whereas in the original timeline, it's not introduced until the fourth movie, I think. Fourth, I can't, I can't remember now. I think it's the fourth movie. Um, so this is... Within the first five-year mission, which is way, uh, you know, way advanced. Right. And this is by Justin Lin. Justin Lin. Fast and Furious's, and he does manage to sneak in a vehicle chase. And it's awesome. And it's awesome. It is written by Simon Pegg, Mr. Scott himself, right. and Doug Jung, who, who plays, who is Mr. Sulu's husband, which you see for approximately a total of maybe 30 seconds throughout the entire film. No comment. Um... And Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, and there's and there's actually in the special features there is a discussion as to why that character was introduced by Simon Pegg and why um, approximately five seconds about five was... seconds, but enough to explain why he did it. And right. I think that I think that's perfectly acceptable. Um, special effects again were amazing. Storyline was tight. Uh, writing was tight. Um, but Not, it didn't make as much money as the other one. Which is very surprising because this one, I really thought, I personally think of the three of them, this was the best. I think the second one, it's a toss-up between the first one and this one. I like this one because I just really like the fact that it was a true Star Trek story. I like the first one because it was so fresh. There was, was a freshness there, even there, though it was like a retreading a lot of material. Yep. It was still pretty fresh, and and this is very. I mean, this is a storyline that's never been told. The second one was a rehash of a storyline right. with a, with you know modifications to it. Right. Um. So no, it was good. It was um. It was a good. It was a good length. It was it. You know, it had excitement to it, and there really wasn't any um 
any elements of the story that could have been cut. There is one thing, an observation that I saw. I don't know what you think about it. Mr. Scott has a very little part in the first movie. In the second movie, he has some part to it, but you know, much like the original movies, his is sort of he's he's a supporting character. He's not even part of the the original right. cast, if you will. In this movie, I have to wonder, did Simon Pegg write a, just a crap load of material for himself to make sure he got equal time on screen? Well, that would be the best way to control it, wouldn't it? But I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't have a problem with it. He was great. I didn't either. He was funny. He was funny. And the fact that he was by himself, and there's a couple lines in there which was hilarious about, which is very much a Mr. Scott thing. These damn things tore my ship apart. That was my ship. Right. Right. You know, that was mine, and, and and you know that's very reminiscent of, you know the the character that James Doohan played, which is this yes. was my ship. This is the captain's ship. This is mine, um, and I thought that was great. They 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 definitely managed to do some substantial callbacks to dialogue from the original cast and insert it throughout this movie. Um, so what about the extras? Let's get into the extras. Forty five minutes of production featurettes, which was great. Um, the production on this thing must have cost a insane amount of money. The Enterprise, the bridge, and the um, the hallway, the corridor, were on rotating really? uh, lifts. I didn't know that. And so the bridge vibrates when they're being attacked. And there's a scene where the Enterprise is coming apart and they're losing gravity. And they're actually flipping the whole thing while the actors are on it. Wow. And they're hooked up to I wires. I didn't see that part. Another thing we liked was the um, introduction of 50 alien races. Which goes into... Lots of makeup. The makeup uh, director's uh, process of molding and flushing out 50 different races and then creating m- ver- multiple variants of those for multiple extras. So while there may have been 50 original aliens, there's probably 200 extras that played those aliens. Easily. Easily. And then there's a um, a look at the uh, beloved Star Trek franchise after 50 years, and we get eight minutes. Which was nowhere near That enough. is a compacted version <laughs> Of the Star Trek legacy. Did you notice at the very end after that was done, it gave a list of all the movies and said, now available on Blu-ray. Right, It was right. like, so you're giving me a tease to go by Which the almost took more time than the actual <laughs> eight minutes. The deleted scenes were unnecessary. There were two of them, and they were about a minute and a half total. Right. That could have just been dropped, or they could have added more there. Right. Um, the gag reel showed the cast very tight. Comfortable. Very comfortable with each other, and they definitely make each other laugh. It was great. No problems, you know, maybe a little too long, but still pretty good. Um, as we discussed in our previous recording, um, I did not care for the in memoriam for Leonard Nimoy and Anton Yelchin. I felt like Nimoy got him, I don't know, what would you say, three and a half to four minutes? Yeah. And well, in the grand scheme of things, he should have. If you're going to spend five minutes. Paying tribute. Yeah. I just, it just, they could have done so much more with him. And I mean, I guess that's why his son came out with the documentary called For the Love of Spock. Was his son even in? No, not in this one. The five, no, he no, wasn't, right? No, but he was in one of the other movies. No interview with Kirk, with uh, William Shatner. I don't think Shatner wants anything to do with this 
Right. Honestly, I think yeah, he's frustrated because do he doesn't. Nothing successful. Why would you end you? No. And Anton Yelchin got about 45 seconds. Right. Which was also, I feel, tragic and, and disappointing. Granted, he's only been in this franchise since 2009, but quite a lovely young man. Right. Uh, was very playful in this uh, in this movie, and they could have shown a lot more. And I feel like they didn't they didn't do either actors justice in providing not at all uh, an appropriate uh, in memoriam. And at the end of the movie, after the initial credits roll with the main cast, then it fades to black after this exciting splashy music, and you get about ten seconds of their names of their names, and that's it. I would have loved to have seen it lead with that. Um, special features overall. Um, one of the things that was missing, which I know you really enjoy, is the audio optional, optional. optional commentary track. And there is definitely a precedent for Simon Pegg now having been one of the few individuals who has been in both Star Wars and Star Trek, and also helped write both of them. That's although right. one uncredited and one here credited. Right. It would have been great that to get his fantastic. perspective on it. Justin Lin, I think, did a could fan, have done it. Fan, right. He did a great job with this movie. Yep. Um, and he could have done it. He is a fan, right? He in one of the special features, it says he's been watching since he was eight years old, and I think that was a, that's a bit disappointing that there wasn't that. I think they could have added more special features into this, um, maybe focusing a little bit more on the history and the fiftieth anniversary. Yep. But I. Imagine they're leaving their marketing team to try to focus on getting people to buy those other DVDs. Sure. Why not? So, once again, also, it's a 4K ultra-high-definition release. So, that means you're going to see some spectacular visuals, uh, including, of course, that Starbase Yorktown, which is just spectacular at any level. And you look at all these cities on these flybys, and speaking of flybys, the end of the movie has a spectacular flyby about star systems. Yeah. It's just beautiful in 4K. What's not so beautiful, anyway, it kind of threw me for a loop, was the three main actors, Spock, Kirk, and McCoy, seem to have some level of unusual aberrations on their face as far as blemishes, pimples, things like that. And when you when you see it in ultra-high definition, it just stands out way more than you would expect. It's supposed to be a lifelike experience, and I'll be damned. As I sit here and look at Todd, he actually may even look like Chris Pine through the blemish filter at this point. That's how dang detailed it is. So are any of the other older Star Trek movies in 4K yet? Because I do the first two. So I feel like Shatner had blemishes on his face throughout. Like he right. he had, you know, he was meant to look sort of grizzled and worn. Yeah. And, you know, Nimoy obviously did, and there's only so much they could do. And I have to wonder if we just don't realize it, but they're, they're, there's that level of detail where they're attempting to mock... Well, they delivered on, it. On the cast, the same blemishes from their original oh casting. God, that'd be crazy. I mean, that, I can't that's believe that. super meta, but <laughs> you never know it could happen. Anyway, painfully lifelike for these three guys. I don't know what it would be like for actresses to have to deal with that. I can't believe they're going to be happy 
there may be more makeup in the future for actresses in ultra high definition land. Well, and you also have to wonder too. Remember, everything goes through this, this coloring process, and yeah. I have to wonder if that, you know, it's if it's if you overexpose a photo, right? You know, are they pushing the boundaries of the coloring, and and having this unintended consequence on on the 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 cast, you know, skin. It's still relatively new what they're doing here. Yeah. I mean, there there are films shot with 4K masters. Um, Marvel, so probably. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the future. But once again, when you have something that lifelike, it really has to stymie a cinematographer's vision. Because you have to figure it, this... A little bit. Probably started end of 2014, started filming... All through 2015, which, if I'm not mistaken, 4K UHD didn't come out until this early this year. The first this player year. came right. out. That so one would assume they didn't shoot in 4K UHD. It was shot. I know the effects were 2K, and they were um, upscaled to 4K right. for this release. And that's so. why I have to wonder if upscaling isn't causing this unintended effect. Right. Um, but everything flowed really well. Um, and there's, there's the, the, you know, to get back to one of the deleted scenes or not the deleted scenes, but the extras where they talk about the production value they're they built massive sets I mean massive sets, you know, full scale representations. And as an actor, that's just gotta be the best thing to have. Cause you're not on green screen. Right. And you can actually respond to what's in front of you. I think independence day resurgence was almost all shot on blue screen, which has to be annoying for an actor to try and work in that. Yeah, what do you, I mean, what do you now, react now to? There's green screens yeah. around to, to, to replace background and things like that. But they're in, they're in a rock quarry where they're filming like the main scenes. Right. You know, they're in Dubai. Very I mean, cool. they have really stepped up their game here. Hence probably why the budget was like $200 million. It was that big, huh? I, I, I couldn't find I, the budget. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but you have to assume $150 oh, yeah, to $250 million. But in some ways, that does kind of seem like money well spent because you're getting an authentic response that I think, to your point, Independence Day Resurgence, just you know, as one of the other Blu-rays that's just come out, I think that's where these things tend to struggle. If you don't have a physical space to react to, it becomes extraordinarily difficult and it doesn't give an authentic experience. Independence Day had its own problems, but right. you know, a movie like that that's completely CGI, I cannot imagine how difficult that has to be as an actor to deal with. 185 million budget. Right. So, so that's that, and most of that probably went into you get what you pay for. Into into production. In this case. So I think this was a very solid outing. There is a fourth movie already announced. The cast has re-signed. Chris Hemsworth comes back as Spock's father, I'm sorry, as Kirk's father. So he will return for the fourth film. Uh, Anton Yelchin's character, Mr. Chekhov, will be written out of the franchise. They are not replacing him at all. Okay. Um, which I think is an admirable thing, but, um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they play that out, how they, how they explain that. And our first take will now be an extra. You're going to put that together we're gonna for do a an, special bonus disc. We're going to do an audio commentary. On the first take. On the first take. It'll be great. Anything else you'd like to discuss on Star Trek? No. Or have we given this the most thorough review we've yeah, ever done? Yeah, I want done? you to, to stop and check the audio levels at I've this been, point. I have been looking. The audio levels are great. We are coming in loud and clear. And great. I promise I will not hit the mute button on Thank your mic you. next time. 
We will be back in just a moment to talk more <coughs> Blu-ray. Stick around. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com. And support the next evolution in news. You want to do box office first? Sure. Or do you want to talk about something very near and dear to your heart? Well, it was almost as near and dear to you because you kept sending me text every 20 seconds every time the game changed. Because you weren't watching it. So, so everyone is aware at this point, unless you've been living under a rock, that the, the Chicago... Curse is broken. Chicago Cubs finally won a World Series after 108 years. In one of the most difficult games in the history of baseball. And one of the most watched... World Series games in the history of baseball. With good reason. With good reason. Phenomenal game, extra innings, rain delay, blown leads, oh. drama, amazing. This, this almost this, another comeback. This this could be this could be a Disney movie. Right. You know, remember the Titan style Disney movie where it's just like back and forth and back and as forth. As soon as that Blu-ray collection comes out, I am buying yep. it immediately. That was it was great. Now, the reason that we are talking about the Chicago Cubs on a pop culture podcast is because you are from I am from Chicago and I suffered many, many years watching the Cubs stink up the joint. I go back to, um, I'm throwing some names out, and Cub fans will know these names, like Bill Buckner and Rick Monday, Glenn Beckett, uh, Steve Onaveris, Bobby Mercer, who used to be a Yankee. Um, guys like that, Jose Cardinal, the guys like that that I used to watch and suffer with every season who never got anywhere, even to the Rick Sutcliffe era where they got... They went up two games, nothing, I think, and then they got beat in San Diego three straight and lost the series. Then that other series where some nitwit in the bleachers or on the side bobbled the ball when there was supposed to be a catch made, the fan interfered and cost us, in theory, the series again. But that did introduce the fan rule. Did it? Which... um was invoked because of that, because it was so controversial. Right. And that guy, I think, was booed out of town, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's still hiding. <laughs> he, he's still hiding. Um, anyway, I don't want to touch on it any more than the fact that I had been a long-suffering Cubs fan. I kind of lost track of the team. I couldn't tell you half the team at this point that won, but I'm just so happy they did. And I have great memories with my dad of going to Cubs games. That's all. Yeah, I mean... And Back to the Future got it so, so close. close. Oh, my. Now, granted, they didn't sweep Miami, no. but they were one year off from the Cubs winning the World Series. Go figure. And we're in an election year where Back to the Future had, at one point, indicated we had a President Trump. No. S yes. <laughs> so, let me tell you something. Tuesday I night. I don't know. But you know what? So, to, to, to tie this back to pop culture and to Back to the Future... So they interviewed Robert Zemeckis and they interviewed Michael J. Fox and a couple other people because they were sort of like, hey, it was only a year off. Right. And the guy who wrote the movie with Zemeckis had said, you know what? It's 1985. 
and this movie's going to take place in 2015. Let's just go crazy. You know, what's the most extreme thing that could happen in sports? I know the Cubs will win the World Series. Wow. Just by chance. Right. One year off. Right. And, and so now all these people have said, well, you know, they went back to an alternate timeline. Maybe Marty drove over a butterfly and that created the butterfly effect. So everything's not quite on the <laughs> same time. People are coming up with excuses to legitimize really? this. But it is so bizarre because last year they could have gone all the way. They, yeah. And for sure. They had the core. And people were like, back to the future, get it right. Right. I'm going to give them a pass. Heck, I'm yeah. I'm going to say... They got it, it right. They got it right. Yeah. It wasn't against Miami, and they didn't sweep in five. They won all seven. Right. But that's pretty awesome. Yep. For sure. Congrats, Cubs. Congrats to you as a lifelong Cubs fan. Thank you. You're a Yankees fan. I am right? a Yankees fan, but... And you've won way more than you've needed to, so yeah, that's fine. You know, this is, I, lost tra- I lost count after 20. Yeah, thanks. Um, Same to you, pal. But you know what? Cleveland has got a lot of history with Major League, the movie. That's true. Charlie Sheen is blaming their loss because, because they wouldn't, they let, wouldn't him let him throw, throw out the first, first pitch. pitch. Go figure. So, I don't once know. again, it's all about Charlie. It's all about Wild Thing, you yeah. know. All right, let's break down the uh, the top five where we think it will fall into place. <laughs> since we're now recording this on a different day, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out there and say I think Doctor Strange is probably going to win the week. I think right mm-hmm. now it's pacing on to about eighty million. But what is incredibly frightening to me is Boo, a Medea story, or Medea <laughs> Halloween. Is right? that is made sixty million dollars? That no, film was, probably cost them nothing. It was it was number one last week. It yeah. beat out Inferno. Yeah, Ron Howard and Tom Hanks just they're they've lost their magic. I what guess. What is up? What is the fascination with this character? Beats me. Okay, that's me. I mean, I I can't speak to it. I haven't seen any of them. Hacksaw Ridge, not delivering. No. And I I do have to wonder if that suffers from Mel Gibson being attached as the director, or if it suffers from bad timing. Or people just don't want to watch another war movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be really brutal. It is. I mean, it's a great story, but it's supposed to be really violent. I think it'll be a a spectacular Blu-ray. Yes, I when agree. When that comes out. Trolls, number two, no surprise. It's right. a kid movie. Right. Anytime a kid movie comes out, if it's got any backing to it, it's going to do well. Doctor Strange is just, it's its a Marvel monster. You just can't, un- you can't unseat that. But Trolls looking pretty good, probably in the 36 to 42 range, I would say. Um, but Doctor Strange is going to just blow this one out of the water. Um, and, uh, what yeah. else? Jack Reacher. Jack, Jack Reacher. I love the first movie. I'm kind of disappointed that this one's not doing as well. But let's hope that John Wick Part 2 doesn't suffer the same fate as Jack Reacher. Cause that was a great movie. John Wick was amazing, and the second movie already looks awesome in the trailers. Right. I'm very excited about that. So you've got Blu-rays coming out. So what's coming up this week? The Rush Hour Trilogy Ooh. with um, Jackie Chan and Jackie Chris Tucker. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I think the first one was really great, and then it kind of went down. By the third one, that, it was right? pretty rough. They're the first, tired. the first two was was good. The third one, you stayed around because you wanted to watch the gag reel at the end. They they invented the gag reel at the right. end of movies. They were the first ones. You're to kidding? Re- no, that is not true. At the end of the film, not as a special feature. At the end of the film, while the credits are rolling, I don't believe they you. were one of the first ones to do it. Liar, liar, did it. When did liar, liar come out? 
Around the same time. We'll check that. Okay. Well, maybe it beat it. Uh, Sausage Party, which we're going to touch on next week. We can touch on it next week. I have screened it on digital and have notes um, for that, but I want to wait and see if the Blu-ray has anything better to offer that the digital edition does not. And um, next week, I'm going to probably touch on Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. It is a uh, animated, a um, traditionally animated cartoon, I believe, that ha- features the voices of Adam West, Burt Ward, and um, Julia Newmar, the original Catwoman. And a, it's really a riff on the original 1966 show. So you're going you're gonna to let me borrow that, right, to watch? I didn't know you were a fan. Oh, the original, the TV show? You'll get a huge kick out of this. Okay. Okay. We'll also talk Independence Day Resurgence sure. on 4K and UHD. Probably some X-Men. And X-Men Apocalypse on 4K UHD. He would just watch it. I will watch it. How's the levels? This uh, this is working out really, okay. really well. We apologize. Do we sound professional now? We apologize for the terrible audio that we have experienced, but apparently when you have a board that is a powered board and you have a bad cable, it will fry your microphone. So as a result, we apologize. We have it worked out. Right. The, the sounds are coming across so much better. Thank you for listening. Thank you for yes, being here to, to cut the first session twice. It's very exciting. We may even be able to throw some polka at the end of this to really just yeah, seal the deal. Season the deal. And get it done. I am <laughs> Todd Stowell. I'm still Joseph Zadkowski. And we'll see you next time. On Zadzook's Happy Hour. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.